Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even, Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. Step back, puts up the three, got hit, shot's good, and one! Like, he is in awe of himself at this point. Westbrook accelerates and scores! They're going to have to play lights out every single night. Like, they can't have any bad game. Last night it was the NBA suspending its season after Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz tested positive for the coronavirus. This thing is so scary, we don't know anything about it. This hiatus will be at least 30 days. The NBA Board of Governors has approved a 22-team restart in Orlando, Florida at Disney World. Welcome into the Hang Time Podcast. I'm Seku Smith, your host here in Atlanta. And we are here for the NBA Restart Podcast, where we're diving in with all 22 teams that will be in Orlando for the NBA Restart starting July 30th. Our first guest, AT&T Sportsnet sideline reporter Kaylee Griffin. As the season came to an abrupt halt. The small ball rockets were giving people fits. And I don't know if that works, you know, for a championship or not, Kaylee, but I certainly think it makes for some serious intrigue as, <laughs> as things get restarted. What did you make of the Rockets' small ball routine and whether or not that was something that had legs for a playoff run? Well, Seku, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting entry for the Rockets going into Orlando. We saw some ups and downs with the small ball lineup. Of course, it all came together right after the All-Star break um, when Clint Capella was traded to the the Hawks and we acquired Robert Covington, who kind of stepped into this power forward, sometimes playing center position, not really his normal role. Uh, But it was an interesting move. And then uh, they they continued that by acquiring Damari Carroll and Jeff Green. They had some height there by going a little bit over 6'6 and pushing it to 6'8. But we saw some success that first game back after the All-Star break out in LA, taking down the Lakers. And then right before the hiatus, they they struggled a little bit with some losses to to New York, also Orlando and, and Charlotte. So I think it's about building chemistry. I think this hiatus actually gives this team an advantage because they have some time to rest, which at the end of the day, this lineup was pushing the pace. They were running, led by Russell Westbrook. So the, so these guys that were out there on the floor consistently were nonstop. And at the same time, battling under the hoop, whether it was a 6'5 P.J. Tucker, who was the starting center for the Rockets after the All-Star break. I think this reset gives them a chance to to rest up. And then going into a training camp scenario allows them to get together as a group because when when this group came together, this small ball lineup, they really had no time to practice. And of course, you you look at uh, Daryl Morey and 
uh, Mike D'Antoni and, and what they're able to do and, and their, their vision and mindset. It's, it's often very different and they like to try things with the, the analytics that they have. And they believe that the best scenario for this group led by James Harden and Russell Westbrook is to go all in on small, spread the floor for Russell so he can attack the rim. And of course, James and, and Russell are best when they're in isolation. So it'll be interesting. I think this hiatus gives them a better chance because they have some some time to rest up. But of course, we, we know that there's going to be a lot of crazy things, I'm sure, happening in Orlando. Personally, maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I think that this this gives them a, a little bit of a, a better chance now chasing this title. I saw pictures of James on social media um, <laughs> where he looked like he shed some of that bulk and yes. was in some really great shape. Um, what do you think that does for him coming back in terms of stamina? He, we've always talked about his playoff struggles, you know, where he seems like he runs out of gas. Does he come back maybe with that added boost of energy that's going to push him through? It might, you know, he, it feels like the knock against James Harden when it comes to the playoffs is he kind of loses his legs and you, you definitely can't knock him during the regular season because he rarely misses a game. Um, So he's always out there on the floor and it just seems like he is sometimes tired when it gets there. Uh, but he he does. The, the reports are that he, he dropped about 10 pounds. He's been working out consistently with a, a Houston area trainer named Justin Allen. And, and he looks to be in some of the best shape of his life. And I recently was talking to Matt Bullard, who obviously a former Rocket. He's our, our uh, color analyst on our broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. And he said for for James's longevity, this is probably the best thing he could have done is is to slim down just a bit. On the other hand, though, James, I think what gives him such an advantage sometimes is being a 6'5", he's so strong, and he can power himself through guards when he's taking it in the lane. So I think it's going to be interesting. I think it will help him. I think his energy is going to be higher. Um, I'm excited to see him out there on the floor. Uh, I think he, obviously, this team really runs through James and what he does. And and if he comes in in some of the best shape of his life, I, I can't imagine that it's going to be a bad thing for this Rockets team. They got the fourth fastest pace in the league. Um, How tough is it going to be to get back to that rhythm? Yeah, I think that's one of the biggest questions going into the bubble is how do they get back there? Because it felt like it took them a little while to reach that chemistry level. Obviously, uh, Russell Westbrook is a huge piece of what this group does, and and he was learning the offense and how it worked. And um, when they made the trade uh, that sent Clint to Atlanta and they acquired Robert Covington, it was again this team adjusting. So I think, again, them going into a training camp scenario will benefit them. But you mentioned the fourth highest pace last season, they were almost dead last in pace. So this team is playing a totally different style now that they've acquired Russell Westbrook, who without a doubt is one of the fastest players in the NBA. He can get down the floor in almost four seconds. And he changes the whole dynamic for this group because when he's attacking so rapidly, either he's taking it inside for himself or he's allowing his teammates to spread the floor. And they're the best when they are in transition because they're, they can get those threes up so quickly. I've heard uh, that Coach D'Antoni is looking to go a little bit deeper uh, this time going into Orlando. He usually sticks to about a six, seven-man rotation, but he's looking to spread it to nine. Coming off the bench would be guys like Eric Gordon, Austin Rivers, Ben McLemore, and then you have Jeff Green and Damari Carroll, who both 
played some significant time once they were acquired by the Rockets, I think it's very doable for them to stretch to a 9-10 player rotation to allow them to continue to push the pace when they're in Orlando, which I think is going to work to their advantage. Again, having this time of the hiatus to have rested, hopefully those legs are fresh and ready to go. But I think the pace has worked to their advantage. Now let's see, once they go into this training camp scenario, get some practices under their belt, is the chemistry still there? I think that's honestly one of the biggest questions for the Rockets entering Orlando. Mike D'Antoni is the, the second oldest coach in the league right now at 69. Are there any concerns that his availability will be in question in Orlando, given the, the, the concerns about coaches who could be in a, you know, in a more vulnerable position with the COVID-19? Coach is ready to go. And he said, if the NBA is willing to put us in Orlando, he trusts that the right safety protocols are going to be in place and that he's going to be healthy. And he feels like he is in a, a comfortable place if they're in this bubble scenario that the NBA isn't going to put him at risk. I've seen coach a couple times during this hiatus along with his wife, Laurel, and they obviously have been taking this pandemic very seriously. So I don't think there's any concern on his end. He has earned his way here with his team and he wants to be right front and center with his group. So um, that is the plan going forward. And I expect that to be the plan once he gets to Orlando. So Kaylee, when you look at the crowded Western Conference, where do you put this Rockets team just on paper going into Orlando? I see the potential of this group and the talent that they have. And I would put James Harden and Russell Westbrook up against any duo in the NBA. Um, I think they have as good of a chance now to compete for a title as any group that's going into Orlando. Um, They're all kind of on an even playing field right now, having had this time off and having to come together and regroup. It's whether or not this small ball can figure it out in time. And, And I think they can do it. I think we saw spurts of it uh, towards the end before the hiatus began. Um, Obviously it's hard to count out James Harden when, when he gets going, it's almost impossible to stop him. And I think we've, we've seen him go on tears of 10, 12 games where he's putting up 45 plus points each night. Um, it's he's figures out ways to, to break double teams and the way this this team is designed is to set up James and Russell for success and this group has bought into that um, of course you look at teams like the Lakers and the Clippers they're all going through the same things and I think everyone has kind of put them on the pedestal of the, the two teams to beat the the Los Angeles teams but I think going into this Orlando bubble Everyone kind of comes in with a, a fresh slate right now. And I, I'd say I, I'd have to put the Rockets up there as a team that is going to be competing and contending for a title just based on having two MVPs on the floor almost the entire game. We talk about the positive for the Rockets. What are the deficiencies? Where are they most vulnerable? The point that jumps out is their height. If you look at who they have on the roster right now, you have Isaiah Hartenstein, who is, I would be surprised to see him in this lineup consistently. He's a seven-footer. But um, from what we've seen over the last few weeks of the, of the regular season that was played, Jeff Green was the tallest player on the floor for the Rockets at 6'8". So when it comes to matchups against teams like the Lakers and Anthony Davis, you're going to have scenarios where a Robert Covington or a P.J. Tucker is trying to find ways to defend an Anthony Davis. And that's going to be obviously a tough 
challenge going into a seven-game series. Um, rebounding, again, is, is an issue for the Rockets right now. They were out-rebounded, um, I believe, in 17 of the last 18 games of the season. Now, they've seemed to overcome that in, because of a number of different things. But when you get into a, a seven-game playoff series, you're going to have to find ways to rebound. Um, it's going to be about tightening up the defense, how they can overcome those rebounding deficiencies, if, if that is the case, where they can be better in other areas. But uh, no, most notably is the height and the rebounding differentials. How can they make up for that in other areas on the floor? Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break here, Kaylee, and come back and focus a little bit more on Orlando and what to expect at Disney for the Houston Rockets. Welcome back to the Hang Time Podcast. We're here with Rockets sideline reporter Kaylee Griffin. With the NBA season resuming at the happiest place on earth, we wanted to have a little fun with a little lightning round, questions and answers. We're calling it Keys to the Magic Kingdom. So Kaylee, I'm gonna ask you some Disney-themed questions about your Orlando-bound Houston Rockets. First up, Beauty and the Beast. What matchup is a beauty for the Rockets? Scenario-wise, say we are a six seed that we're sitting in right now. If that happens and maybe there's very minimal movement and we stay at the six, I would like to see the Denver Nuggets, I think. I would not like to see an LA team first round. Mm -hmm. I think Denver, despite losing to them twice in the regular season, one game we played them in Denver was unfortunately the first game of the day when Kobe Bryant passed away. So I kind of put an asterisk on that game because our team was playing with such heavy hearts and emotion. I think that obviously the Denver Nuggets are one of the most talented teams in the West, but this team can run on them. I think the Rockets can run on them. I think, um, although I've seen videos and pictures of Jokic looking quite slim, which makes me a little bit nervous, <laughs> my odds for the Rockets um, taking down a, a team that's higher ranked than them right now in the first round, I would, I would rather see the Nuggets than an L.A. team. And what matchup is a beast for the Rockets? I kind of alluded to it, and, I, and like I said, I, I don't love – seeing the LA teams right off the bat. They make me nervous. Um, we've had some battles with the Clippers so far this season. Um, everyone loves to, to watch the energy and intensity between Russell Westbrook and Pat Beverly. They know how to get out, get after it together. And Kawhi Leonard, when he, when he gets into the playoffs, he just turns into another beast. He is almost unstoppable. Again, you look at the Lakers too. Um, I don't love the height disadvantage for the Rockets in that one. We've seen them beat them, but again, in a seven-game series, that's where it gets tricky. Um, can the Rockets sustain the energy that they need to play with a defensive intensity that almost cancels out the height differential between a P.J. Tucker and an Anthony Davis? So, so the L.A. teams make me a little bit nervous in a seven-game series, and honestly, a, a, probably a surprise team that I wouldn't love to see in Orlando is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We have really had a hard time with them so far this season. Chris Paul, he knows the ins and outs of this Rockets team. And Russell Westbrook, obviously quite familiar with the Thunder, but they've given us some trouble. They really pushed the pace to a lot of young guys on that team that 
that know how to play. I would be a little nervous seeing the Thunder as well, but when it comes down to it, I think the two LA teams, either it's the Clippers or the Lakers, they make me nervous with the the playoff experience that they have. A lot of them having won NBA finals, NBA championships. It, it would be a tough seven-game series for the Rockets. Mr. Incredible, who becomes the X Factor, the, the real game changer for Houston in Orlando? I think you have to go first with James Harden. How James goes, this team goes. He's had some ups and downs this season. We've seen him go on incredible tears, but we've also seen him hit some slumps, some shooting slumps. So if James can consist, be consistent, shoot the ball well, this team is going to find success. Russell Westbrook has been really consistent, especially the last 34 games. He scored 20 or more in each of the last 34 games played. So we were seeing a really consistent Russell Westbrook. If we, if we can get a really consistent James Harden as well, he's got to be the Mr. Incredible for this team. And last, but certainly not least, Let's talk about a fairy tale ending. The Rockets will hoist the Larry O'Brien trophy if? If Eric Gordon becomes the X Factor. And I say that because he obviously had um, his knee surgery in November. He missed 30 games so far this season. He was starting to get into a rhythm. He was shooting nearly 57% from beyond the arc. Um, in the last 14 games after shooting just about 38% the rest of the season. He has slimmed down too. He says his knee is fully healthy. And we can see James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Eric Gordon lighting it up. I think this team becomes dangerously hard to beat defensively too. They need to just crash the boards when they can. They need Robert Covington to be this block master, which he became. P.J. Tucker to just do his job. We just need an all-in effort from this group. But I think if Eric Gordon can become that third guy for this Rockets team. They're going to be hard to stop. Kaylee Griffin joining us here on the Hang Time Podcast. And again, this is our season restart podcast for all 22 teams. We're going to be here day after day in the lead up to the July 30 start. Kaylee Griffin, can't wait to see what this Rockets team has in store for us in Orlando. We know you'll be all over and we appreciate your expertise. Seku, thank you so much for having me. I, I don't want to say you're you're sending me some good vibes, but thinking about that fairy tale ending, I'm I'm hoping we see that Larry O'Brien trophy <laughs> heading back to Houston. <laughs> no doubt about it. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thank you. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.